Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave, one of the pastors here at Compass Point, and with me today is lead pastor Paul Eastwood. How's it going? It's going well. How are you doing, Paul? I'm good. I'm good. So we are into a new series. Uh, we are done with Hosea. Yes. Um, we'll come back someday, I'm sure. But um, <laughs> we are we're talking through this series called Fully Human. That's right. Um, and we're not specifically talking about kind of the humanity of Christ. We're actually talking a little more about about us as yeah. we and, and community and technology and all kinds of interesting things. So why don't yeah. you give us a little recap rundown from Sunday? Yeah, I think I think you know, big picture, uh, it it's easy for us to look at the Bible and say, well, that's that's an ancient book. How on earth could it speak to my life and my existence in the mm-hmm. 21st century with the technology that we have, with my Apple phone, with all my you know devices and apps, and you know all the stuff that we have access to. It, it starts to, you know, it kind of feels like, well, this, this is just sort of out of touch. Hmm. And, and I think what we are really focusing in on is that the Bible actually has a lot to say about who we are. And, and part of the beauty of what we find in the Bible is, is truth for us even today and even in our context right now. Yeah. So the Bible has actually answers to things like technology and some of the things that we've been searching for. And, um, and really, I mean, big picture, we're talking about, you know, how do we align our lives to the way of Jesus? Mm. And we've been talking about practices and habits that we put in our lives to help us do that. And sometimes it's it, the act, the, 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 the techniques that we are looking for when it comes to spiritual transformation are actually much more basic than we might imagine. Right. We might have this idea that I got to get the right app. I need to get the right, you know, whatever system book I got to you know, whatever. But what we really need is to just kind of to sit in who we are, recognize who we are as humans. What Mm -hmm. does it mean to be fully human? And then from there, we can begin the process of transformation in a much more meaningful way. Okay. Yeah. Um, what it is to be fully human. And and I like when you talk about kind of the modern world and technology, and I think we're going to get into that a little bit because I think it's become such a part of who we are. We almost feel a bit like cyborgs these days, right? Yeah, with with yeah. our technology. But the Bible paints this picture of us um, yeah. being fully human, being, yeah. being known by God. And and I think it's also worth saying, the Bible also has humans interacting with technology. They're, it's different than what we have, but sure. I actually think a lot of the same attitudes and tendencies exist yeah. in the Bible as they do today. So there's a lot we can learn. I'm super excited to unpack this with you. Yeah. Um, so, so talk to me a little bit about uh, the, the passage we found ourselves Sunday. Um, why, why Psalm 139? Yeah. So we started with this idea of being known and um, Psalm 139 just seemed like the perfect place to begin because yeah. it just talks about this idea of, of how God intimately knows us and is present with us and has created us and all of these good things. It's a psalm that um, is probably pretty traditional. Many people have heard it before. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, so kind of pulling back the curtain in terms of the way I prepare for messages, I spent a lot of time putting things together, putting my thoughts together, organizing things. And um, I came to this realization really, really late on um, in the process where I basically like looked at Psalm 139 because I had been reading it over and over again. Mm-hmm. And the, the beginning of Psalm 139 
it kind of sounds like my iPhone. You've, like you've searched me, Lord, and you know me. You yeah. know when I sit and when I rise. Yeah. You perceive my thoughts and search history from afar. Yeah. You discern my going out and my laying down. You are familiar <laughs> with all of my ways, right? Yeah. You know exactly where I am. You know what I get up. Yeah, you know yeah. when I'm traveling. You know what I'm going to say. I, I said like everywhere you, I go, you're with me. Yeah. yeah. And I go to start texting a question into my search bar, and I'm like, oh, it already knows what I'm going to ask. You right. know, like right. you know, and sending an email. Tell it's like, oh, you want to say this? Actually, I do want to say that. Thank you, mm. Google. You know. Mm. Like, and, and I think that was kind of like a, a strange moment for me because I think what it does, and I tried to kind of talk about this in the message and maybe I didn't get way down deep into this, but I think when we look at our technology, okay, let me start here. I had a professor in, in uh, Bible college that, or uh, seminary. And, uh, and he told me basically that, you know, if you want to know the theology of our age, read fiction, mm. like read yep. novels and you begin to see the theology of our age. I think for m- many of us today, watch a movie that you know comes out of ho- Hollywood. You, you know that it's just saturated with with cultural ide- ideology and all that kind of stuff that just gets embedded into the plot. Yeah. And I think that it's almost the same with our technology. When you look at the way that technology is is being created to solve a particular solution or a problem, generally speaking, it's it's actually uh, revealing a deep need that humanity has. Mm-hmm. And so this idea of being known is actually something that is built into us. And you know, I read this book by Andy Crouch um, that a lot of what we're going to be talking about has some, um, you know, some reflections from this book. And he talks about um, uh, the life you you've always al- wanted. Life you- you're looking for? Life you're uh, looking for. Life, life you've always for. wanted is uh, John Orbert. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but life you're looking for is is Andy Crouch. And anyways, in that book, right at the very beginning, he talks about this beautiful picture of what happens when we're born. Yeah. And babies, they their eyes are scanning the room. They're looking around to be to see a face. Yeah. And when they see a face, they latch onto that and they stare at it and they they pay attention to it, especially when it's close to them. But they're not looking at the face because they're looking for. Um, you know, something cool, they, they're looking for someone to be looking back at them. Yeah. And when they catch that gaze, there's something very powerful about being known and seen, mm-hmm. right? In fact, I think there was some study that was done where um, they told parents, not for a very long time, but for a very, very short period of time to intentionally uh, ignore their children. Yeah. And the, the amount of anxiety that rises up in children when, when you're not paying attention to them is is absolutely astounding and oh, it's yeah. crazy and, and we've probably experienced this in our own lives the point is that our in our culture in our we are we are hardwired for this this idea of being known mm-hmm. so when you look at our technology it's not surprising that i just need to pick up my cell phone and i look at it and it recognizes me right it's yeah. like it yeah, literally yeah. recognizes my face turns on and then it is completely curated for a personal experience and it's personalized. And, and the reason it's personalized is because that's what we want. Mm-hmm. That's what we deeply want. But what we realize is that technology doesn't, there's something missing. Like there's, an, there's this idea that, we, that knowledge about us can be personalized, but it's not personal. Right. Right. Our, our um, presence, you know, someone can be in front of you. They can be in your presence, but it's not personally present. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you can be on a, on a Zoom call or whatever. My point is that that the theology kind of points to our deepest needs 
And our deepest needs are actually being answered as we look to scripture and see the way that God sees us because God knows us right. before the, before the iPhone, God was yeah. the one who knew us, right? Yeah. You know, before GPS locating, he knew where we were and where we were going, right? You know, before auto searches, you know, he knew a thought before it came to our mind. So I think that's beautiful and mm. actually quite, um, you know, thought provoking for us. It is. And I'm, uh, you just talked about our deepest needs and we've been talking about our deepest needs and our deepest desires and how they don't often line up, right? Like we, to be known is my deepest need. And if you ask me, like, of course I know that my phone doesn't know me yeah, uh, and that the algorithms don't know me, but man, they can fake it pretty well. Yeah. And sometimes that just feels good, right? Yeah. Sometimes it feels good to go and order something online or to, yeah. to play a game or to go on social media yeah. and get some likes yeah. or, or I do whatever. want that dog toy. Yeah, How did you exactly. know, Google? Uh, of course. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I'll take two. <laughs> yeah. I searched for that two days ago or I had a yeah. conversation about it with you in my pocket. Yeah. But, but there is a sense of, of, um, yeah, being known. And so I've, I've actually been thinking about this lots and writing about it, um, when it comes to church and what we do when we gather yeah, uh, and why I think um, the fact that we have live streaming right now is both a wonderful thing for a group of people who can't be physically present due to limitations, mm -hmm. which I think are perfectly valid. Mm -hmm. And it is potentially a hugely detrimental thing yeah. for those of us who choose the slightly easier thing over the thing we need. Cause right. I think, when you watch a service online, even when you try to engage with it, you get like 80% of the impression that it's worked. Yeah. And I think technology often gives us like, oh yeah, it's pretty close. It's mm -hmm. pretty good. That's what I need. Um, but the things you miss are actually way more important than, than often we know. And it's, there's a, there's a funny like bit of disappointment in that even. Like I really believe when we gather together in the same room, um, when we see each other, when we look each other in the eye and not through a piece of glass, uh, not through a yeah. screen, there's, there's the potential for something wonderful. Yeah. Um, but and I, I think that we're, we're often failing at that and like completely, we as a church, we're not always great at it. We as humans, we, we avoid, we do what's comfortable, but I think there's something so good about being known and being known together. Yeah. And, and, and to me, the switch often, you know, when it comes to the way that we gather and encounter God together, we've talked very specifically about those words. When we say encountering God together, we mean mm. together. Yeah. And the, the, the thing that I think we sometimes miss is that when we see church as something that is there to fulfill what I want and my needs, then you can look for other ways to have those needs met, whether right. it's an online experience or whatever. Yeah. But when you recognize that the body needs all of its members and parts to be working well, mm -hmm. and that we need each other to support and encourage each other, now my presence matters in a different way. My physical, actual, personal presence matters. And, and I think we know this, like if someone, if someone uh, has like a terrible, a traumatic experience, the best thing we can do for people is just show up, right? Just be there. It's, it's different than, you know, you can, you can send them a card in the mail or you can, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, but actually being there present with them is, is much more powerful. And so the same thing goes with the church. You know, we don't go to church because it's, you know, I need something this week. We go to church because, uh, we all are working together to represent God and, and, and we need, we need each other. Yeah. And I go to church when I don't feel like it 
because I can serve others when I do it. And yeah. others go to church when they don't feel like it because they can serve me. Yeah. Right? And like that, that yeah. sounds very selfish, but, no, but it's actually sure. like it's, it's, uh, I, I saw a video, someone sent me a video of, um, of a Francis Chan quote. Someone came to Francis one morning and said, you know, pastor, I really, I really didn't like the worship service this morning. And his response was, well, good thing we're here to worship God and not you. <laughs> right. Which is, yeah. Whew, that's, uh, that, hit, <laughs> yeah. that hits home for all of us. I think for it's sure. not, not just, yeah. you know, we, we all come with these kind of selfish motivations. So let's get back to this being known by God yes. thing. Um, so I think the hinge point for me really is, is we can draw lots of really good parallels between technology and God in the first 12 chapters yep. of Psalm 139, but the next six verses from starting in verse 13 really changes the game and it moves towards God as creator. Mm -hmm. And I think that for me is a, is a big game changer. It reminds us that we are known by the one who has put us together. Mm -hmm. We, you know, often we look at a, a passage like Ephesians two ten that just says that, you know, we are God's workmanship. We are his masterpiece created yeah. in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. And, and so this idea that not only are we known, we are created with that purpose. Yeah. And we're created as, you know, someone who is known. And so all of that, you know, come, comes together to, you know, change our perspective when it comes to God, but specifically the way that we interact with him. Yeah. And I think this is where, you know, I think, you know, the idea that we are known by God may not be something that, you know, surprises people. You'd mm -hmm. say, of course I'm known by God. Mm -hmm. But when you actually really deeply connect that to your person and how significant that is in terms of who we are as humans, it changes the way we approach God. So for example, there's no sense in trying to hide. There's no sense in trying to keep things back or pretend that we're better than we are. Right. Or, you know, I can't pray this prayer because it sounds kind of angry and I'm sure that God, you know, has other things going on. So I'm not going to pray this prayer mm. because it's, it's not appropriate. Right. Well, God already knows how you're feeling. Right. So bring it all to him, bring yeah. the anger, bring yeah. the frustration, bring the questions, bring the doubt, uh, bring the, you know, joy, all of those things. Um, I think that when we recognize that we're known, it changes the way that we interact with God. Yeah. And there is, um, there is something in all of us that likes to hide. Uh, likes to hide from ourselves, likes to hide from right. um, from each other, likes to hide our shame and our sin. I mean, you, story of Adam and Eve, right? Like, yep. where are you, right? Yeah. Which is a funny question because God knew. Yeah. Um, but like, again, it shows you we we want to, to isolate ourselves, even yeah. though our desire is to be known, is to be... Yeah. Like in relationship are the kind of sometimes we get caught in these moments of hiding. And it, like if, you, if you're married, if you're a parent, like we, if you've got close friends, you've all probably experienced this like desire to hide and to not, yeah. uh, not be open and honest. And, and this invitation, the fact that God actually knows us is an invitation to be so open yeah. back to God. Yeah. And this goes back to, uh, you know, last week we talked a message in Hosea, we kind of talked about confession yeah. and how important it is to be open and honest with God and be specific about the things that are going on in our lives. And, and I think you're right. This, this tendency we have to, to hide. I think that if I were to, like, if you have something that's going on in your life that you're not sharing and you know, it's a big deal and you're in relationship with someone, let's say it's just a really good friend mm. and, 
after a period of time, you finally build up the courage to actually say the thing that you know you want to say yeah. that's been rolling around in your mind for so long. And that person looks back and they say, you know, it's okay. Like, Hey, I get that. You know, like you're yeah. okay. We're okay. Um, when, when someone says those words and you're in that kind of relationship, there's this incredible weight that comes off. I think right. we can all recognize that yeah. all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I should have done this sooner. Why didn't I confess or share what I was, you know, what was going on in my mind? because I was carrying around that weight and it was changing me and affecting me. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about this idea that we're known by God, it means that there's nothing that we need to keep back. Yeah. So, yeah. and then yeah. like there being known offers us this freedom because it offers us this openness. I mean, our, we did, was it last summer? We did uh, the series on Psalms last yeah, spring, open, I think, Open and Unafraid. Afraid. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, the, the Psalms are such a good place to enter into this being known by God. We, I feel like it's easy and, and I'm guilty of this too, right? If I read a Psalm on Sunday morning to enter into worship, it's usually like, Hey, shout and sing to the Lord. Like everything's great. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you read the Psalms cover to cover, there are so many invitations in the Psalms as we pray through them and read through them to, to bring like the depths of our despair. And there are things in the Psalms that like, um, I, I got to preach the sermon on the, the, you know, bash my enemies' heads. No, actually, let's bash their kids' heads on right. the rocks, right? Like, oh, that's not, yeah, that's not comfortable. And yet, God says, like, no, I know you feel that way sometimes. Yeah, it's not permission to do it. It's not permission to say that's okay. But yeah. like, God knows us. Yeah, and that gives us this this freedom. Yeah, yeah, and I think where it shows up most importantly, and this is where we're going with this, is is that. When we try to engage in practices that are going to help us welcome and respond to Jesus, you know, it is easy for us to have them become very formulaic. Yeah. And, and I use the example of like, we, we, we treat God and our relationship with him like some kind of a recipe where we add like, you know, a bit of this, a bit of that, a bit of this and poof, mm. it's all good. Yeah. That's, that's not what's happening. We're entering into a relationship with a God who knows us and loves us and pursues us, even though he knows us, mm -hmm. all of those good things. And it allows us to engage in spiritual practices with the goal of the practice, knowing God, not becoming a good Christian. And, and I think one of the things that we've been talking about a lot in this, in, as we've been talking about aligning lives to the way of Jesus mm -hmm. is most people kind of see this as, well, this is a way to be a good Christian. And this right. happens after you accept Christ. And what, I, what I'm trying to us to understand is that this is not, there is no better Christian. I mean, that's an oxymoron in itself, but, yeah. but the idea that we don't pursue spiritual formation so that we can be better people. Right. We pr pursue spiritual formation because it helps us to get connected to the one who can transform us. Yeah. And I think it, it's funny. We, we both understand this intuitively in other relationships, right? Like we don't, we don't uh, work hard to, to be good spouses so that we can like be good spouses and look like good spouses. I mean, maybe we do sometimes, but like we, we should work hard to be good spouses because we, we love our husband or wife, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's right. And, and we want to know them. We want to create space to know them. So we, we go out on dates. We do these things. We don't, we don't do that. So we can be like, check, you know, I, right. I can now tell my friends that I went out on a date this week. No, no, we, that, and that's, this is the same thing with our relationship with God. We're, we're invited yeah. into these practices like prayer and Sabbath and reading and, and all of these things as a way to know God mm -hmm. and to develop intimacy in a relationship um, mm -hmm. that we all, we all really long for, but we, we're constantly trying to find shortcuts. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really excited about this series and where we're going. Do you want to like, 
any anything you want to tell us as we kind of just are on the front edge of this series? Where where are we going? What else are we going to be touching on? Yeah, we're going to talk about a lot of different things. Um, and I think one of the things, actually, someone mentioned to me um, after the service that this really made them think about community. And of course, yeah. the idea of technology and how it connects um, us you know, it, in sort of artificial ways, you know, as I was using these illustrations, I was talking about being known by God, but someone came away from the message saying, this really leads back into community. And I think that's quite perceptive because over the next little while, I think what we'll realize that being fully human means that we are, um, you know, embracing our relationships with other people as mm -hmm. we encounter God and as we grow. And so we're going to talk about, you know, things like, like, you know, technology and money and how that kind of pulls us away sometimes to what, it, you know, who we fully humanly are. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're also going to talk about, you know, our relationships, um, you know, how we're formed and we're going to talk about um, how we do that in community. Yeah. So it's, we're, yeah, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be great. It's going to be so much fun. Well, we're going to wrap it up there for today. Uh, thank you for listening along to Postscript. Uh, if you enjoyed this, make sure you're subscribed. Uh, feel free to share with a friend. We would love to be able to continue to engage in this way. And if you've got questions, please just uh, send us an email, send us a text, talk to us on Sunday morning. We would love to engage in this way. We'll be back next week with more Postscript. Postscript.